Hi everyone, uh, my name is Vesna. Uh, I suppose you've had a really nice, interesting, long and day packed with information about mixed realities. I'm an artist, um, and the way that I approach making this parallel universes, um, dystopian, utopian, futuristic universes that I have the privilege of making as an artist, is actually driven by three main components. It supports expression, it allows the audience greater emotion, and it also provides a greater tool for engagement. Uh, very often, when psychologists speak about futurism, they refer to artistic universes as proto-psychotic setups in which we role-play in order to create an alternative reality, uh, create alternative experiences, then allow us, in turn, to experience or play something that in the real world we cannot control. This is where my interest in mixed reality as an artistic tool, as a performance art tool, lies. So I just want to tell you a little bit about what brought me to working with mixed realities and what my background is. So I come from a multidisciplinary background, architecture, classical music uh, and ballet. And I always dreamed about creating experiences for the audience that would merge the built environment with the pixels, that would merge an immersive experience that could be like an old age ritual, both experienced very intimately but also shared with the audience. And I believe that mixed reality technology today really allows us to construct this kind of experiences and also think about different ways of augmenting the physical world we inhabit and that we have to engage with it more and more. So my background is very varied, multidisciplinary. Uh, I started thinking about what we call today mixed realities might be through working with uh, architectural gamified visualizations, for example, uh, with the Serpentine Pavilions. I also had the pleasure to collaborate with a group of uh, performance uh, setting up the first ballet pieces in Gravity Zero. And that brought me to think, where is the end of our perspective? Where does our performance space end? Do we need to put art in the white cube space or can we go beyond that? So I started exploring topological constructions, uh, basically things that make us go beyond the box, not the bricks and mortar, but rather the pixels, topological geometry, endless curves, self-rotating illusions, uh, the Klein bottle that always point to the fact that we inhabit an infinitely rich universe, packed with information. I really had a very strong interest also in creating experiences that on one hand combined the translation of sound into a visual experience and worked uh, both on one hand with scientists and on the other hand with shaman in the Amazonian rainforest 
to create experiences that were both very important on a personal level, on a personal experience, almost like altered states of mind. Um, and this particular piece that I'm showing in the background uh, was a piece we did for the Tate Modern setup, uh, a very large space, uh, kind of hypnotic invitation uh, where the rhythm gets translated into this pulsating visual experience that made me think about what are the next steps in engaging content, both musical and visual content, in a much more directive, uh, directed experience that people can be immersed in immediately in a more engaging, persuasive way. One of the obsessions I got was this topological construct of a infinite, never-ending uh, spatial constructs that actually invite us to think about everything we see, we experience, as potentially illusory. I also started working with scientists in CERN uh, who made me think that our entire nature, our entire universe, just as well as our psychological inner state, is constructed uh, in a quantum logic. And that by defining each particle in this particle fields setup, we can actually construct experiences based on directing minute components of any setup. And we can create these particle field simulations that can be assigned effects um, that can be visual, that can lead to a three-dimensional form, that can lead an experience, but they can be driven by any information. Information can be visual, can be haptic, it can be sonic, or can be just numeric. This also allowed me to start constructing universes using particle field simulation and assigning um, different textures such as water-like fluid states. And it also allowed me to work with experiences that crossed real-life performance with augmentation. I did a lot of experiences where we were using content that was driven by music to create visual effects. For example, to color spaces with light. And because a space can also react to not just our presence as users, as visitors, as the audience members, but also to any content that we provide as a set of triggers, it allows us to create these symphonies, these choreographed experiences where light can interplay with sound and spatial experiences. I very much enjoyed building uh, sculptures on a smaller scale, uh, sort of little boxes that you could hide away, listen to a soundtrack that would then trigger a landscape of light and uh, a very intimate experience. And again, it was the particle simulation that allowed me to control effects in light or to script the effects with sound. 
And then I started asking myself, can we play a space? Can we sing a material? And I used 3D body scans augmented with triggers that were derived from musical compositions in order to create wearable sculptures. There was a really beautiful thought uh, by the German philosopher and author Goethe that spoke about architecture being crystallized music. And when I started working with mixed reality experiences, the, the piece that I'm just showing was one of the starting points. We, of course, were used to seeing a lot of visual effects in films and fashion shows and sculptures, and we relied on post-production. But the question was, how do we create this type of experiences live on stage? And how can we create something that is actually persuasive enough for the audience to stop the disbelief and be immersed in the content. In other words, how do we create experiences that are immersive, meaning that our responses would be as if this was a real experience? This brought me to working with the architectural environment again, where companies like Philips started introducing the concept of a smart city, where the technology was no longer a problem. It was just a question of how do we decide which type of data sets trigger the type of output that we're trying to create. So I started working with a lot of clients who wanted to transform urban spaces into this playable, symphonies of data, both in light and in sound. I'm currently building an experience that is doing just that uh, in the US. And one of the really interesting questions there was that the audience can be the driver for those changes, for those effects. Now, how do we do that? Um, we used to rely on a lot of modulation of data using MIDI controllers and our laptops. And from a performance perspective, even when you're speaking about musical performers or dance performers or VJing, it looks kind of boring to be just stood behind your laptop. People don't know whether you're sending emails or whether you're actually engaging with the content. So I started using gesture control, where I would play my own voice loops in a live setup, which then allowed me to also work on that content through different methods of motion sensing and also allowed me to create augmented dance performances. But where do we stop? Can we bring experiences from our headsets into the world, into the actual physical reality that is a shared communal experience? One of the pieces I built with my studio was a fictitious space with its black waters 
like a game environment filled with trigger points that would play sound loops and at the same time 3D light animations in order to create a new type of experience. And I started experimenting with this type of content. So rather than remaining just in a virtual reality as an experience, I started looking at possible ways of sharing this first in a space of a performance, so on stage, in a black box, and then also in a space of a city. This brought me to a collaboration with Musikerbau and the XR base here in Amsterdam about visualizing the scores of Ligeti's music for Kubrick's films. And also to share the experience that was created for VR in a 360 environment of a stage where people were both immersed as spectators and as collaborators, co-creators of the experience. And there's something to be said about the different types of experiences, a little bit like communication. We never know what interpretation other people have from the content that we're describing. So with the VR, I think that the personal experience that we have as creators of the experience, wearing our own headsets, is never quite the same as what the other person experiences. And if we put that into a shared communal space, the experience becomes, again, different from the one that we're experiencing in the VR. And this is what brought me to the current development of this media opera format, in which we have this endless interplay of content which is both immersive for the performer, immersive for the audience, meaning shared, and can also be interacted with uh, from the point of view of the audience. The next steps, it's really between the going outside of the white cube. It's going outside of the black box of the theater, white cube of a gallery space. It's going outside of a very isolated experience that the virtual reality can sometimes offer us. So what is the mix, what is the middle point of this? This is part of my current exploration. Thank you very much and enjoy the rest of your day.